Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. 101 stories for runners, walkers to get you going. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, and I am so excited to debut the book on your show because the book just went on sale today, June 4th. And um, we actually, and I can't claim credit for this. I think it was just a happy accident, (laughs) but we're putting the book out the day before Global or National Running Day. Some people say June 5th is Global Running Day. Some people say it's Uh National Running Day. But either way, tomorrow is the day that we recognize running, you know, on the calendar Mm -hmm. of, you know, weird holidays. But still, it's it's better than like, you know, Roast Tomato Day. Like, I think National Running Day is a better holiday. And so we're out the day before it. And and it's the beginning of summer. So it seems Mm -hmm. like the perfect time for us to put out a book about running for, you know, the good of yourself and also Mm -hmm. for the good Mm -hmm. of society if you're running for um, charities or to raise awareness of diseases or things like that. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. I love it. And happy June to you, since you mentioned about going into summer. I love this book. It's very inspiring. It got me going because it's like I have this melodramatic thing about, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to write everything correctly. I got to do everything right before I step outside my door. And it's silly. I just got to go out there and just do it. And actually, I live right by White Rock Lake here in Dallas, and it's a beautiful lake. And I'll be out there this evening. (laughs) good you know it's so interesting it's running or walking and really they're Mm -hmm. just about the same as far as when you talk motivation you just have to get out there and start to get into the habit and make it something that you really look forward to like I didn't Mm -hmm. get to go for my normal three mile walk this morning I try to do a three mile walk maybe three or four times a week. And then I go to the gym and lift weights two days a week. And I really look forward to the walk. So here are some tips for you, Johnny. First of all, (laughs) go and buy yourself a new pair of shoes, you know, walking shoes or running shoes and spend like a hundred dollars on them. And then Mm -hmm. you'll be forced to use them because you'll feel too guilty if you don't use them. That's one of Dean Karnazes' tips. He's my (laughs) co-author of the book. He's like, go and buy an expensive pair of shoes because then you'll go and do it. And then the other thing is just remember that this is so, this is free. Your gym is waiting for you outside your door and it's free. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. another thing that I do, and this makes it really great for me is I bring my phone and first of all, you can get all these free apps on your phone, like map my walk and you can see how far you're going, which is fun. And you can see your pace, like, you know, if you're walking an 18-minute mm-hmm. mile or whatever your pace is, if you care about that. And then also you can bring your earbuds and just, or even just hold the phone and listen, you know, through the speaker if you're not embarrassed mm-hmm. to be walking by people with the speaker going. <laughs> but you can listen to an audiobook, or you can listen to music or you can listen to, you know, your favorite podcast, maybe Johnny mm-hmm, Tan's mm-hmm. podcast or, or my <laughs> Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And, but you can make it, you know, when I go out now for my three-mile walk, I don't think of it as a three-mile walk. I think of it as the hour that I get to go out and listen to my audio book. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like me time. But, you know, get the shoes. That will guilt you into walking out the door. Then provide yourself (laughs) with an activity to do while you're out there so you're listening to something. And just do it, and you can do it in the morning. Like today, because I didn't do it in the morning, I decided, hey, it stays light late. I'm going to go out um, this evening, maybe like from 6 to 7. I'll go out and do my three-mile walk because 
it's like I'm paying myself when I do it. I, I, I got up this morning and I intended to go this morning and I said out loud, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't do yeah. it, but I knew I had the backup of going out after work today. That's beautiful. You're right, because whenever I used to walk around the lake, and I would go about six, seven miles, by the way, and I would love it for that two hours or so. I'm in my space, like you were talking about. I couldn't care less about people around. Of course, I'm aware, I mean, of my surroundings, right? But it's a Johnny time, and I love it. You know what else I did? When I was writing my book, Simply Happy, Mm -hmm. I actually dictated some of it while I was out walking because I would start thinking wow. and I would come up with these ideas. So then I just used that voice memo button on the phone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I dictated parts of my book into the phone and then I typed them up later. Um, and, and Dean Carnass is uh, my co-author on chicken yeah. soup to the soul running for good says that he does a lot of his book writing while he's running and he just dictates it which makes a lot of sense because you have a lot of great ideas while you're yeah. out there because it's almost meditative when you're out there walking or running and it's a shame to waste all of those great ideas. I totally agree. I'm going to do that because it's interesting. I do listen to someone else's podcast, but now you're right because I do need to record ideas and that sounds great. That's another great motivational thing that I need to have. <laughs> <laughs> to get my buddy gear to be out there today. <laughs> Especially if you're a multitasker and, you know, a type A person who just oh has my to be God. doing two things or three things at yeah. once. So here's your opportunity to do your body some good, your mental and emotional health some good, and actually mm-hmm. get your work done while you're standing on your feet and moving. And I love so the true. fact that at this time of year we can go outdoors because there's something so freeing about walking or running outdoors. You just move your body differently. And basically, mm-hmm. you know, you could like give up a gym membership for the summer and just use the outdoors. I was telling somebody <laughs> about this um, island that I went to in the British Virgin Islands. Yeah. I went there um, in April and I was telling her about how much I love this resort. And then she said to me, well, do they have a good fitness center? And I looked at her like she was crazy. (laughs) And I said, fitness center? I said, the island is your fitness center. You just go outside Uh and you go to the beach and you swim or you paddleboard and you go walking or running on the trails. Like, you don't need a gym. Just go outside. I think sometimes (laughs) we lose our connection to the outdoors. And then when we get back out there, Boy, does it make a difference in our psyche. Oh, definitely. Tell us about Dean Canezas and how did you guys end up partnering to do this wonderful book? So Dean Carnassus, I I say to his face, he's a a freak of nature. He's this amazing (laughs) guy who is just known for being a wild man when it comes to doing ultra marathons. So Mm -hmm. he's in his mid-50s and he's still running you know, marathons without even thinking about it. He can run, you know, a marathon in three hours and then just like go and do the rest of his day. You know, it's yeah. like me going on my three mile walk. He, um, <laughs> he's known for some amazing feats. He ran 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 States. He's run 350 miles without stopping. So that involved three solid days, including nights. So he actually slept while he was running <laughs> He ran, um, he won the Badwater um, Ultra Marathon, which is this incredibly difficult um, ultra marathon. It's 135 miles through, you know, really intense terrain, dry, mountainous. It's just awful. And he won that um, 135 miles. He's also run, I think, something like 100 miles in um, Antarctica to the South Pole. Mm-hmm. He just does all these insane things all the time. I mean, he seems to be every weekend running <laughs> one of these intense ultra marathon, you know, trail runs somewhere. And so, and he's got this weird body where when he runs, his lactic acid goes down. And most people, your lactic acid goes up, and that's why you might get that cramp in your side. Right. But his goes right. down. It's the opposite. He thinks that maybe part of this is because he's Greek and 
his mom is from that island in Greece. I think it's called Icariot, some name like that. And it's mm-hmm. this, you know how you see like the yogurt ads where you see like old people eating yogurt and living to be 120? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Right. His mom is from that island, you know, in in Greece. And he was telling me that everybody there, you know, lives well past 100. And the last time he went there, he met this woman who was 104. And she had just started her own business, and she was upset because the <laughs> bank wouldn't give her a loan because the local bank wouldn't give loans to people who were older than 103. No kidding. Oh, that's right. funny. So just everything there is like you know, 20 or 30 years shifted from what we think of as the norm. Right. So, so anyway, so that's Dean. And what happened was about 10 years ago, I wanted to do a book about running and I, was, mm-hmm. I talked to some people, including my son, who's a triathlete, who said, if you could get Dean Carnassus to write a story for you, that would be great. And so I remember talking to my son one day, and he told me that. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, um, I'm sure he never would, but you know, I can look into this Dean Carnassus guy. And it wasn't like more than two hours later that I you know, went online, went to the database where um, we collect the stories that are submitted mm-hmm. by the public for our various books. And there, in all caps, was a submission, um, and it said Dean Carnassus. And I thought, oh, my God. And so Dean had submitted a story for our Chicken Soup for the Soul runner's book. And mm-hmm. so I emailed him, and I said, how would you like to be my co-author? And so we did that book together about nine years ago and you know a bunch of his friends wrote stories for that book and then I was talking to him last year and I said you know we should do another one and he suggested this title running for good because it has three meanings you're running for the good of your body your physical fitness you're running for the good of your mind your emotional and mental fitness and you're running for the good of causes that you're supporting or you know, the runs or walks where you're run, you know, you're going for a disease to raise awareness of the disease or to raise money, you know, for research to fight that disease. And so the running for good title on our book does have that triple meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about it. He's, he's a great writer himself, really, really terrific. And the um, introduction that he wrote to the book mm-hmm. shows that. And his introduction is, wonderful because he talks about how he was running in um, Kyrgyzstan so you know that's over in like Central Asia and there's all those stands over there you know Kyrgyzstan (laughs) and Uzbekistan and um, oh my gosh what are the other stands Uh, Kazakhstan Kazakhstan Afghanistan running yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. he was running between the capitals of Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Kazakhstan. And he said the temperature there can change 75 degrees in a matter of hours. And so he had been running along, and it was like a nice summer day. And then all of a sudden, this cold rain fell, and he got totally soaked. And he was going to get hypothermia. So he was really in trouble. And then he saw this little structure with, you know, smoke coming out of the chimney. It was a yurt. And he ran to the yurt and there were these four cute little kids there. And they brought him into their yurt where their parents were. And they took care of him because he was freezing. Mm. I mean, he was really at risk. So they gave him tea and, you know, they didn't speak any common language, but they used hand signals and he made them understand that he had been running for hundreds of miles between these three capitals. And so they had a really nice time and they warmed him up. And then when it, you know, when the rain stopped, he went back out, the kids kind of escorted him back to the road. And we actually put a picture of him with the four kids in the introduction, but he talks in the introduction about running as this unifying force. Because it really does bring Mm -hmm. people together. It is like a universal language. And that theme runs throughout the book where you see these amazing human connections being made by people through running or walking. And maybe it's also because, you know, we're outdoors when we do it. 
yeah, we're on the treadmill in the winter, but in the summer we're outdoors and you're meeting people out in the outdoors where you're all kind of the same. You're just standing there on your own two feet. And it it is really a great unifier and it reduces everyone to this common denominator that they're out there, you know, running, hiking, mm-hmm. walking. So anyway, that was his intro to the book. And I thought it was a terrific way to open up the book to all of the different themes that we have because that unifier aspect of it really does run through every story. That's true. When you talk about exercise, it's one of those things you don't necessarily have to communicate with one another, but we do the same physical routine. And it's not about us showing off. It's about us doing what we can do. And that sort of build that nonverbal bonding, I think. And that's what makes it beautiful. You know, you're right. Like when I go out walking in my neighborhood, runners will will go by and we mm-hmm. all nod at each other and smile or say hello. And it doesn't matter that they're running and they're way more awesome than I am. We're all still out there together. And I really feel yeah. like we're all equal. It, it, even though I'm walking and they're running, we're enjoying the outdoors. The only difference between us is the speed at which we're enjoying mm-hmm. that outdoors. Right, right. So true. Does that mean that you prefer walking over running? Yeah, I just, I like briskly walking and, you know, Mm -hmm. I have no knee problems and I'm 62 Mm -hmm. years old and I'm just afraid that if I took up running, all of a sudden I'd start injuring myself. And so I'm just going to stick with my walking because I feel like if you, I mean, I think I've read studies that if you walk briskly, it's almost as good as running and I mm-hmm. feel like that's where I'm going to stay because if I start running and I injure myself, then I won't be exercising at all. So I'm taking this more prudent approach of walking briskly. You know, some people, <laughs> they just love running or they get really competitive and they want to start increasing right. their, you know, their time. Like they want to, you know, like if I'm walking, I mean, seriously, even though I say I'm briskly walking, it's like a 17 minute mile, which I guess is pretty pathetic, but I don't know. No, I short legs and only five foot three. Like I feel like <laughs> for me that that's what I do. Plus it's really hilly mm. where I am. This is not flat. I'm not on a yeah. treadmill. I'm outdoors with right, hills. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. very hilly. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um yeah. so that that's what works for me. But you know, I can see people doing running. I used to run. Mm-hmm. I used to run mm-hmm. in my neighborhood and do the same three miles, but I would do it running instead of yeah. walking, but that was when I was, you know, 20 years younger. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I love walking, and I can tell you this much, when you walk, you seem to be able to enjoy your surroundings better than when you're running. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember when I used to run, like, I remember going to Israel one time, and I uh-huh. only had a day or two in Tel Aviv, and I really wanted to see the city, and so I went out mm-hmm. running, and I ran through the city, and I got to see a lot by running through yeah. the city. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can see running could work also, but it doesn't really <laughs> matter. What matters is that we get out there, whether we're walking, whether we're hiking in the woods, whether we're running on roads or on trails, we're getting out there, and that's what I want. I want this book chicken soup for the soul running for good to help people get up and get out there because almost everybody wants to do it if they're not already doing it and so here is a little portable support group that you can hold in your hand (laughs) with 101 stories from you know 101 different people giving you their tips and their inspiration and motivation to get you out there and it's really life-changing once you start doing it i totally agree Tell us about the beautiful cover. I know that's Dean, but then you all have some more photos in the book, which I thought was a very nice touch. Oh, yeah. We we worked really hard on that. So Dean is on the cover, and we are grateful to Fitbit, which is one of his sponsors, uh, for letting us use that photo. He's wearing a Fitbit in the photo. Um, And he told me that that road that he's running on is actually very popular for car ads also. So I thought that was funny. We're using it for a running <laughs> book. But he said it's in um, 
Marin County, where he lives, and mm-hmm. a lot of car companies shoot their ads on that same road because it's so beautiful. And then you're right, we do have a lot of great photos inside the book, and um, and we got those photos from Dean, and they show him running in all different places. And the photos are designed to really illustrate what each chapter is about. And so each chapter is about a different aspect of what running or walking can do for you. And then mm-hmm. the photo of Dean at the front, you know, really helps you see what that chapter is going to be about. So chapter one, which is called getting started, you see him running alone, you know, and you think about somebody getting started on running and then chapter two is called we're all crazy here. And I put a bunch of the <laughs> ultra marathoner stories in there and it shows Dean running you know, in a race with a lot of people who are all smiling, even though they're insane, um, you know, <laughs> because they're running like 100 miles. I agree. And then chapter three is called Camaraderie and Community. And we have all these stories about people who just completely changed their social lives through running or walking and created these new communities and for themselves. So Camaraderie and Community, and there's a photo of him there with a lot of other people. And then Chapter four is about um, now I'm trying to find chapter four. I'm trying to find the photo for chapter four. I didn't realize I was going to do these photos with you, but it's a good idea. Um, yeah. Let me find chapter four. I'm it's on the back of the it. book as well. Chapter four's picture is also on the back of the book where he's looking oh, over yeah. the. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful right. photo. Yeah. So um, that's a picture of him looking out over a landscape. And mm-hmm. chapter four is called doing it for myself because a lot of people talked about that. It's really part of, you know, their me time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then chapter five is called one step at a time. And it really helps you understand how you can use what Dean calls micro goals, you know, where you set these small goals and it really is one step at a time to achieve those goals. Yeah. And then, uh, chapter six is called That Marathon Mindset, mm-hmm. and we have a marathon picture there. And then chapter seven is called Oh, the Places I've Been. And so, again, we show Dean, you know, in some amazing location. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Chapter eight is called Family Ties. And we have a lot of stories in chapter eight about people using running or walking to actually create new bonds with their children or with their spouses. And so we have a picture there of Dean with a you know large group of people. And then chapter nine is called committing to life. And that's because people, when they start running or walking, they really are making a commitment to a, you know, a, it's like a reboot of their lives. So mm-hmm. we showed Dean, Running there also, like every single chapter is definitely motivating (laughs) you to get out there. And you see these pictures of Dean doing it. And Mm -hmm. then chapter 10 is called It's Therapy and More. And again, this one we show Dean running in the woods because a lot of people talk about how running in the woods or walking in the woods or hiking are particularly great for their mental health. You know, there's like science about how exposing yourself to trees really helps your mental health. And I know in some cultures they talk about taking like a a forest bath and they mean like feeling the forest around you. And there is something about the quiet majesty of trees and the way that they're living creatures that just stand there, you know, mm-hmm. so steadfast. Mm-hmm. There's something very soothing about it. It's almost the same as when, you know, you're looking at waves coming in off the off the ocean and it gives you a sense of perspective and how your problems aren't really that bad. Um, I feel the same thing myself when I go walking through the woods and stand among all of those massive trees. That's true. You're right about that. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. 
101 Stories for Runners and Walkers to Get You Going. Amy, what would you like for the readers to gain from reading this beautiful, inspiring book? I would love to have them get up off the couch and go outside and start running or walking, or Mm -hmm. maybe give the book to someone else who they think would benefit from running or walking because maybe they're already doing it. But this is a great way to inspire somebody you love to get out there and run or walk if you already are doing so, or to inspire yourself. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, the stories are really good. It's really interesting right, reading right. about how these people, you know, lost 100 pounds or overcame, you know, amputations or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. overcome these amazing challenges. And, um, and they have such good spirits about it, too. And so I think that's very cool. Um, So anyway, that's what I would recommend for this book. I I really just Mm -hmm. view it as a tremendous motivational tool for yourself or for somebody you love. I would add on to that in the sense that don't be fooled. This is not about just necessarily like, oh, my gosh, I got to go out there and run and walk. It's an exercise thing. No, it's not. This book is highly motivational, inspirational about just getting started and seeing the world in a different way. And most importantly to me, what I gather is actually appreciating the outdoors. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Dean about that, and he did say that he feels that, you know, a lot of people really only run indoors on treadmills, and that's fine mm-hmm. too because mm-hmm. they're deriving a lot of benefit from that. I don't know why I'm just totally focused right now on, on being outdoors. I guess it's just because I live in <laughs> Connecticut, and we only have, you know, half the year when it's really nice to be outdoors, so I'm obsessing yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, it's totally different. So this book is not about, like, exercise, get on a treadmill or something. This is about enjoying your environment. And I guarantee you, once you get out there, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter where you're walking or whatnot, there's a different sense of appreciation. So having said that, let's start out with Chapter 1, Getting Started. The very first story is just a wonderful story. Finding My Light by Sarah Baker. Yeah, this is so cool. So Sarah one day was applying for a job, and the guy said to her, you obviously have some kind of emotional problem you need to deal with because she weighed 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that might seem rude, and maybe you get sued for saying that today. But for (laughs) her, it was a really good thing because – Yeah. All of a sudden, she said, oh, my God, I am addicted to food. And so she changed how she ran her life. And she Mm -hmm. started eating food when she was physically hungry, not emotionally hungry. And she started walking. In the beginning, she could only walk for 15 minutes. And she was so heavy that her arms and legs were rubbing together, you know, and it hurt. But she walked herself down and then she started running and she went from being an unhealthy 300 pound woman to being a 130 pound healthy woman and she switched from walking to running and she became quite an avid runner mm-hmm. then she signed up she applied to become a torchbearer in the 2002 Olympics which were in Salt Lake City and they you know they carry the olympic flame to the olympics and it's done as a relay and so she applied to do it and the odds of being selected were something like one out of 210,000 people who applied and you had to tell your story so she told her story about going from 300 pounds to 130 pounds and she ended up getting chosen to be um a companion to a torchbearer it was called a support runner so she would just be alongside the torchbearer, but the torchbearer would be the official person. Um, but she, meanwhile, she visualized it, and she printed out a picture of a torchbearer, and she ran around her neighborhood waving at the neighbors as if she was waving at the audience as she ran the torch. And she just kept thinking about it and thinking about it and imagining herself doing it. And she was quite pleased when she got picked to be a support runner because that was still a huge honor. Well, the day she showed up to be a a support runner, they announced that one of the torchbearers couldn't come. So they had an opening. So they had all the support people 
put their names in a hat and you know and they and they picked one at random and it was her she got picked so all of a sudden her dream was happening she became a torchbearer wearing the white uniform <laughs> and so she ran the torch for the olympics she did you know her part of the relay and she said i was an ordinary person participating in an extraordinary running event and she says i was carrying the torch but more importantly i was carrying the olympic spirit so i just thought that was a great story and i loved the miracle of how she actually got chosen to be a support runner and then that turned into becoming an official torchbearer oh it's fantastic it's just a beautiful beautiful story there are a couple more stories in chapter one that I really like, and they are from men. And being that Father's Day is coming up shortly here on June 16, why don't you tell us about their stories as well? Let's start off with Time for Health by Billy Cushion. Yes, and this story, it's worth giving this book to a dad just to read story <laughs> two, because Billy Cushion's was like father of the year. He had five kids. And, and therefore, he found it really easy to skip workouts because he wanted to be a good father. But meanwhile, he found himself in his mid-30s, having not worked out for over a decade, and his doctor told him that he needed to lose 40 pounds. Well, Billy didn't know how he was going to find the time to do that. And then he got a new job, and that job came with a gym because um, the owners of his company had turned one of the conference rooms into a little fitness center and they had a personal trainer come. And so twice a week he was working out at his company with this personal trainer with weights and also with a treadmill. And so being a guy, he just got really competitive about his time and he started walking <laughs> on the treadmill and then he started like jogging on the treadmill. And before he knew it, he wanted to beat a 10 minute mile. And so he did that, and then eventually he wanted to you know, beat a nine-minute mile and then an eight-minute mile. Well, he ended up losing all the weight. He got really fit, and then he discovered that running was actually a great way to spend time with his kids. So he wasn't leaving his kids. You know, He wasn't a father who was leaving them to go running. He was doing it with his kids, and he was much more physically fit, so he could go out in the neighborhood and play football with his sons and their friends also. And so his moment of triumph came when he went to his physical and the nurse, you know, did all his vitals and then said, I'm just curious, are you a runner? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just shows that you really can transform yourself. You know, it, <laughs> and it doesn't happen in one day, but it can happen in just a matter of months. And so I think that's very, very cool also. The next story, it's about a dad, and this is really cool. This is a nice, wonderful family theme to it, From Screen Time to Race Time by Andrew Smith. This is such a great story because Andrew Smith figured out how to stay physically fit himself and how to get his kids physically fit. So he was so tired of watching his kids look at video screens one son was playing Fortnite all the time, and another one was watching stuff on YouTube all the time. And he had had it one night when he heard um, his wife heard voices coming from their game room at 4.45 in the morning, and it was their older son who had been playing the video game Fortnite since he got <laughs> home from school the previous day. I mean, this is just ridiculous. And so Andrew decided to have a new rule. Um, the kids would have to earn their screen time. And so they would have to run for a mile to earn 30 minutes of screen time. And the kids, you know, were reluctant, but then they adopted it. And then one of them negotiated and he said, well, could I have credit for soccer practice and soccer games? And of course that's a ton of running. And so Andrew decided that was fair. And he gave his son a one hour credit each day that he had a practice or a game and so the kids started running and they really enjoyed it and Andrew was thrilled because now he was running with his kids and their older sister was a runner also she ran a marathon at age 16 
And so now his kids are training to run a marathon themselves, and they've totally conquered this addiction to the screen. (laughs) Isn't that totally awesome? It brings the family together and in a healthy way. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I think kids really do respond to that kind of rule. Um, They like earning their privileges. They really do. They might protest in the beginning, but then they start (laughs) feeling pretty good about it. Chapter 2, we're all crazy here. The story is Batwater 135, the world's toughest foot race by Michelle Button. Yeah, so Michelle is one of those crazy people, just like (laughs) Dean, and um, she's friends with Dean. And so she did this Batwater 135 race, which is called the world's toughest foot race. It takes place in the middle of Death Valley National Park. So she talks about one year when she was running the race and it had hit a record high of 128 degrees. And she was at mile 96 of the 135, you know, and she was just dying. And so she, in her story, she just talks about everything she had to go through to make it through this race which, of course, near the end, had a 2,000 vertical foot climb because, you know, they just want to kill you even more dead than you already <laughs> are, right? <laughs> but, you know, she's been running ultra marathons for 15 years. She's won 80 races. Um, it's, she's just an incredible athlete. And the cool thing is that her father is in the book, too. Um, he wrote story number 33, Um, Now, he is older. He's in his Mm -hmm. 80s. And his story is um, about being an old geezer. And he goes (laughs) running with a bunch of guys who are his age. Um, He's a long-distance trail runner. And and they go, and they just go, like, blazing. He and all of his friends go blazing past the younger runners. And what – and they call it, you've been geezered. Whenever they pass somebody, they've been geezered. <laughs> One of the things that I went through when reading this book is like, it makes me feel weak. <laughs> yeah, I agree like, with oh you. Oh, my but God. At least I'm out like... there doing my, I'm doing my pathetic three miles, you know. And the next time we talk, you're going to tell me how you've been doing that six-mile walk around the lake on a regular basis. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm looking forward to it. Chapter 3, Camaraderie and Community, Walking in Another Direction by Susan Youngwis. So this is, it's, it's just such a great way to meet other people. In fact, I was talking to someone the other day who's four months pregnant with her first child, and she was saying she was going to run, um, she was going to um, join a mother's running group because it's how people make friends. You know, you go out there running mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. and then you find you're talking and then you're doing social stuff outside of your regular run and you make really, really good friends. And so, and it works for walking or running. So Susan Yangus, she had been living in her home for a long time and it had been like a quiet country area and a farming community. And, you know, she'd go out for a walk and she'd see more horses and cows than she'd see people. But then, you know, the owners of those farms started selling off those properties and they were turning into, you know, housing developments. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, multiple acre lots, you, it was quarter acre lots and all these new houses and the horses and the cows disappeared and the quiet roads got kind of busy. And, and then Susan couldn't even walk along her own road because it was too busy. So she started walking in one of those nearby housing developments because at least it had sidewalks and you know she was not happy about it but (laughs) anyway she kind of resented the fact that it was there but she went walking there and then one day she ran into a woman in town who said she had seen her walking all the time in the development and she asked Susan if she wanted a walking partner well that began a whole new life for Susan with a whole new community of friends because lots of women in the development had been seeing Susan walk and they invited her to their girls' nights. Mm-hmm. And then she started meeting some of the male neighbors also because she'd see them outside working in their yards or playing with their kids. Well, she ended up eventually retiring from her job. And instead of becoming a recluse who had nothing to do, 
she continued to grow her social circle in that new neighborhood that was down the road from her. And then they started helping each other out, Susan and her new friends. They would pet sit for each other. They would drive each other places. They would do other favors. She would even attend their children's concerts and plays. And she said, thanks to walking, I discovered a whole community of supportive new friends. To my surprise, although I began walking for my mental and physical health, it had the added benefit of widening my social circle. It's a beautiful story. That brings me to chapter four, which is a wonderful story, doing it for myself. And this story is interesting. What I like about it, it's a husband and wife thing. The title of the story is The Trail for Myself by Ann Morrow. So this woman, um, she was going through a rough patch and it was her 45th birthday and she stood at the bathroom mirror and she looked at this woman glaring back at her who just didn't look happy. And Anne says that she had just been through a decade of working too hard, traveling too much. Everything was stressful and she didn't really like who she had become. Um, and she had also put on weight, her knees and her back hurt. She was having trouble sleeping and she was fighting with her husband, too, because she wasn't the person that she used to be. And one morning, she had an argument with her husband. She looked at herself in the mirror and didn't recognize this sad person. <laughs> and she just, like, stormed outside after the argument. And she didn't even know she was going to go for a walk, but all of a sudden she found herself a mile from her house. And she realized that as she was walking she was in kind of a meditative state and she wasn't even thinking about the argument with her husband or anything that was bothering her. And she was filled with hope all of a sudden. It was hope that she could start over and she could find herself again and have a good relationship with her husband and also regain her creativity because she had always been a writer and she hadn't written in years because she had lost that aspect of herself too. And she also felt she was drinking too much. So she enrolled in a program to help her stop drinking. She purchased a fitness tracker. She purchased a new pair of sneakers. You know, we talked about guilting yourself mm -hmm, and getting mm -hmm. out there. And she started walking. And she started walking on these mountain trails. And she replaced the drinking with a new addiction. And her new addiction was fresh air. And everything changed for her. She got in touch with nature again. She lost 30 pounds. And she says, the trail saved my life. It made me sane, made me strong, and helped me find myself again. So I love that. She walked her way into being the person that she used to be, creative and happy and free of stress. I love that story. There's so many what we call like backstory to it because it's just not about the walking. It's about someone, real life, real situation, and we go through this mental block and then we realize that something is happening to us and now we have to change the dynamics a little bit and all she did was she just changed the environment in a very healthy way like you say stepping outside the door and hello world i'm here show me and that's what happened to her yeah it's walking hiking running they are absolutely transformative so true so true you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good, 101 stories for runners and walkers to get going. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Chapter 5 is a very interesting chapter. One step at a time, the better half of a marathon. And I love this as well because it's about couple. Yeah. So um, in this case, Darren was asked by his wife, what would he think about running a half marathon? And he said, absolutely not. And then, of course, <laughs> they registered for a half marathon and trained for a half marathon. <laughs> And then as they were getting ready, you know, training, all of a sudden his wife was the one who didn't want to do it and was crying and saying that everything hurt. So then he encouraged her. And, you know, a lot of people really do need that running partner or that walking partner mm -hmm. to force themselves to keep doing it. 
And a lot of people also do need a race to train for. Like that's one Mm -hmm. of Dean Karnazes' tips to get yourself going. Sign up for something, a race that you'll run or you'll walk, even if it's just a 5K, gives you something to train for. So anyway, he and his wife ended up doing the half marathon. And the cool thing was that it was their 13th anniversary and their anniversary happened to be on May 13th. And so they actually ran the 13 miles for their 13th anniversary on May 13th. And so everything came together and they were very proud of themselves for achieving the half marathon. (laughs) To me, it's a great love story. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's terrific. (laughs) Chapter six. This is a really cool chapter. That marathon mindset beyond the right turn by Brian Reynolds. So I interviewed Brian Reynolds for the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast, um, and I think that episode's going to run, I think, maybe next Friday. Anyway, Mm -hmm. Brian, when he was four years old, got one of those um, horrible infections that, you know, ends up attacking your limbs, and he had to have both of his legs amputated. you know, at the knee. And so Mm -hmm. he grew up with prosthetics and he became a runner. And so he talks about, you know, what it's like to run with prosthetics. So he wears a normal prosthetic, you know, for walking around during the day, but for running, he uses blades. You've all seen, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. blade runner, you know what it looks like. So he runs with blades. And in this story, he talks about running the Chicago marathon and one of his blades gets stuck in a pothole and gets ripped off his leg. I just imagine being a spectator oh, and seeing that. So yeah. then he, and he fell and you know hit his head and was very badly injured, but he put the blade back on and he completed the marathon. And actually, even though he had that fall and his head was injured, he finished that marathon in three hours three minutes and 22 seconds, which was a new personal record for him by 13 seconds. So I just think Brian is a very inspirational guy who just gets on with business, you know, and doesn't Mm -hmm. let the fact that he's Mm -hmm. double amputee get in his way. Totally agree. The next story in that beautiful chapter, the marathon mindset is beautiful run by Jen Miller. And this is a nice, really cool story as well. Yeah, and I'm going to be interviewing Jen for the Chicken Soup for this old podcast also. She's cool because she's the New York Times reporter who covers running and and does their weekly running column in addition to, you know, writing for a lot of other places. Um, But she's very influential in the running world. And what she talks about in her story is getting stung by a bee and how you know, she, her mom gave her Benadryl and she ended up passing out because of the Benadryl and, you know, needed emergency care. She talks about how many times she's been injured running and how she always has to just snap back from it. And so it's pretty inspirational. She says, you know, she doesn't keep anything from, um, she doesn't, she doesn't let anything keep her from running And I love reading, you know, these stories from these Mm -hmm. amazing runners who, you know, really seem like professional runners and power through all of the injuries and mishaps that they have uh, so that when we have, you know, a shin splint or a blister or whatever, (laughs) you know, we like let it heal and then we get back out there again. Right, right. So true. Chapter seven, oh, the places I've been. And this is a beautiful story. A Marathon Walls by Patricia Ann Rossi. Love this one. Yeah. So she, Patricia, um, has a cool story because she was, you know, a marathon runner and she had run in a lot of different places, a lot of different states and countries. But she talks about becoming a guide for a blind runner. And she wasn't really sure how that was going to work, but he was really good at it. So the way it worked was they, had a rope that connected their wrists and 
he could somehow sense where she was and she could then worry about leading him around potholes and, you know, sweatshirts mm-hmm. that people thrown on the ground that would trip you if you didn't know they were there. And so they ran the New York marathon together. And when it was all done, he said, Hey, same time next year. What do you think? <laughs> and she said, yes, definitely. And so she was going to continue uh, being the guide for this blind runner at the New York City Marathon every year. I just love the story. It's amazing because, like, there's no handicap to running. It's just amazing. And not to mention, in her case, that she found something new and special to be able to help others to enjoy what she has always enjoyed. Yeah, I know, because you always feel great when you do something for other people. So she got Mm -hmm. the high of running combined with the high of helping somebody. So true. Chapter eight, family ties. This is really cool. The bridge by Schwanelli Elson. Yeah. So Chanel had, um, Chanel actually has a whole bunch of sons. She writes for us a lot. Um, But in this story, she talks about her second son, Grant and, you know, he was going through those typical teenage years where they don't really talk to their parents, and she really wanted to find a way to connect with him. And what he loved was track. And he would talk about track a little, even if he didn't talk about anything else. <laughs> and one day he told her that he had to start a log of his running, and he asked if she would run with him at home because it would be good to have a running partner. And mm-hmm. she was out of shape and not a runner, but there was no way she was going to turn down an opportunity to do something with her son, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if he had asked her to walk through fire, she probably would have done it because that's how we <laughs> mothers are with our sons. We'll do anything to be with them. And so the next morning they went running and she couldn't keep up with him. So he said he'd have to move ahead because he needed to practice. But she kept trying every morning and she got stronger and faster and she could keep up with him more. And even when it rained, he'd make her go out with him running And it was really great for their relationship because they started talking and Mm -hmm. one time they got stuck in this horrible rainstorm and had to like take shelter under a bridge. And she realized as they stood under that bridge, but that running really was her bridge back to her son. It's a beautiful story. In all actuality, when you look at this communication thing, it's nonverbal. It's just doing something together. The fact that you're spending time together, everything else just reveal itself. So it's just beautiful. Chapter 9, Committing to Life, a new label by Michelle Anderson. This is another powerful story as well. So one of the things that Dean Carnassus tells me is that people will say, I am a runner. Like mm-hmm. it is a definition of yourself. And so that's what this story is all about. Michelle Anderson was an overweight young woman and you know, her doctor was not happy with her. She was only 25 years old, and she really needed to get back into shape. And so she decided that she was going to resume running. It was something she had done in the past, and she had given it up, and she decided to sign up for her first half marathon, which ties into what Dean says. You know, sign mm-hmm. up for something because it gives you a goal. It gives you a reason to get out there. And so the next time she went to the doctor, um, the doctor said, well, I can clearly tell that you're an athlete. What sort of activities do you do? (laughs) And Michelle was so happy to have that new label. You know, she was Mm -hmm. a runner. She was an athlete. And so uh, I think that's really important. You know, I'm not a runner. I'm a walker. Nobody says I'm a walker. (laughs) But runners really do define themselves by the fact that they are runners. Right. Right. So true. What's your favorite story in Chapter 10? Um, you know, Chapter 10 is, a, is called It's Therapy and More. And what I really love in that chapter is the story um, by Peter Niger. So this is very cool. He had been deployed mm-hmm. to Afghanistan. And then, you know, he was back in the States and he had actually been back for five years, but he kept having the same nightmare. In this nightmare, he was on a mission. He was back in Afghanistan. He was aching and he was hungry and he was tired, but the mission wasn't over and there was some kind of danger. And he was running away from it as fast as he could through dust and dirt and rocks, 
they felt like his lungs were going to explode. And then there were flashes and explosions. And, and then he started falling. And that's when he would always wake up and he would realize, oh, I'm back home. But he had this nightmare over and over again. And it was ruining his life. And he finally told a friend about this nightmare. And she suggested that he buy a pair of running shoes and try to run his stress and anxiety away. And, mm-hmm. you know, she cited the science that this would actually work. And so he tried it, even though he had gained 60 pounds since he left the military. Mm-hmm. Well, he says after half a mile, he was winded and he was sweating and exhausted. But even though he had only run half a mile that night, when he went to bed, he didn't have that nightmare. So then he started running more and more and he logged hundreds of miles in the next few years. And he ends the story talking about this nine mile race that he, you know, very happily mm-hmm. and proudly completed with his wife snapping photos of him at the finish. And he says after that race, he was asleep before his head hit the pillow and <laughs> he had happy dreams. So he ran his way out of his PTSD. It's a beautiful story, and that's the kind of stories that you have in the book. Very powerful about real people, real life situation that somehow, somewhere, by just going out the front door, changes their lives. Do you have any advice for someone who is still on the fence about needing to just do something? You know, if you do a daily to-do list, mm-hmm. just put yourself on your to-do list. You know, I talked about pay yourself first, but another way to think of it is do something for yourself. That should be on your to-do list. Like an hour for myself goes on your stress, mm-hmm. on your, on your to-do list. And that might be getting out there and running or hiking or walking. And then you can use all those other tips that I passed on, you know, from Dean, like go buy a pair of shoes so that you'll be forced to use them. Um, go ahead and set micro goals for yourself. You know, if you can't run or walk at all, then just say, I'm going to go to the end of the street Mm -hmm. and back and keep setting micro goals that get a little harder or sign up for a race so that you have something to train for or get a running partner or a walking partner, whether it's a family member or a friend or just somebody in your neighborhood. There's so many ways that you can play a mind game with yourself and win and get yourself out there on a regular basis. I totally agree. What can we expect from Chicken Soup this summer? Well, after this book, our next book doesn't come out till late August, and that's going to be a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels All Around. But in the meantime, we have a bunch of new books out at the same time that this running book is out. So our other summer books are Life Lessons from the Dog, which you and I have already talked about, and mm-hmm. Life Lessons from the Cat. So we have a bunch of books out there, you know, front and center in the stores right now. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. We are doing really well as a book publishing company. Our sales are up quite a bit this year, even in, you know, what's generally mm-hmm. a tough environment. I have to tell you, though, it's probably about the dogs and the cats that are helping you all out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, they are doing really well, absolutely. The dogs and cats are doing extremely well. Both of those books have been great. That dog book just took off. I mean, I've never seen such strong first week sales as I saw with our life lessons from the dog book. Amazing. As we close the show, what recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, I'm going to give you some recipes for living a happier life that I've picked up from this book. So number one would be Mm -hmm. you can lose lots of weight and actually enjoy doing it. Number two, you can make new friends no matter where you are just by using running or walking to create that new community. Number three, you can use running to get closer to your kids or your spouse or your parent or your friends. Number four, You can rediscover your true self. You can walk or hike or run yourself back to who you want to be and who you used to be. And number five, use running or walking to leave stress and anxiety in the dust. That is awesome. I love that. Amy, thank you for the good recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. 
to all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, June 11. My guest will be Raina Greenberg. She is a health, wellness, and weight loss expert and the founder of Wellness Seminars Incorporated. Raina is rated as the best hypnotherapist for the gastric band hypnosis and has helped over 200,000 people in 25 medical centers lose thousands of pounds with no diet. Raina and I will be having a conversation about her life's journey, her passion for helping others achieve their weight loss goals, and her new book, Easy Sugar Breakup, Breaking the Habits and Addictions that Control You. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to ffmktalkradio.com. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.